Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to the Confused Breakfast Podcast. On this podcast, we review the movies that define the 80s, 90s, and 2000s for us as kids. But you really can't talk about the defining media of your formative years without talking about the rest of pop culture. On our MIDI episodes, affectionately known as Mini Bites, (laughs) we dive into some other aspects of childhood that must be explored. On today's fun-sized conversation, we discuss one of the most popular game shows of all time, The Price is right. But before we get started, it's reveal time. Uh, this one comes from Quincy Mullen, longtime listener, first-time reviewer. All right. Yeah. Hey. A super-duper funny podcast about classic movies. They provide cool tidbits of info about each movie while tossing in their own hilarious opinions and theories. A fun listen for my commute. Sean, AJ, and Mike are very entertaining. Going to be number one in no time. Oh, wow. That's Thank nice, you, Quincy. right? Wow. Quincy's provided a lot of, like, uh, a beer for our other podcast. I'm super stoked as well. Yeah. And yeah. Look uh, at this. She's been so kind to us over the years. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, very much. So what you're trying to say is Quincy is the number one coolest person in the world. Um, I think she probably might be like think the, the number one uh, uh, person for okay. our podcast. Number one person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Quincy, I think that's fair. number one person. Yep. There you go. Well, cool. You guys got to step it up. Yep. I'm just saying, we're getting so many reviews coming in that we're going to go to reading these every week. But listen to me. I am serious. That doesn't mean that you don't have to write a review because we have so many coming in. Exactly. We still need them, you guys. Super important. If you haven't done it, leave us a review. And I actually got to thinking, you might have accidentally left us that one-star review. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it potentially could have been you on accident. Go in there in your Apple podcast and see if you accidentally gave us a one star. Yeah. If you did, switch that to a five and write, hey, guys, I'm a big dummy. Sorry about that. I love your podcast. And then we'll read it. And then and then if you meant to do that, just switch it to switch it to one and a half and then switch it back to one. Totally. And then we'll know. And then we'll know for then sure. We'll really know. <laughs> but then say some words about it. Because then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, if you don't. then it doesn't mean anything, you dummies. Well, let me ask you this about the prices, right? The reason we felt we had to do this is because, yes, it is one of the most popular game shows of all it's time. so good. Yeah. But there's that iconic. I, I want to know if I'm, you know, sometimes I feel like I have thoughts and theories that everyone shares, and then I'm fine that I'm the only one that thinks that. Don't but, worry. Everyone shares this one that you're about to say if I'm. I'm pretty okay. Let, I, I hope I hope this is where I'm going here. The reason the Price is Right is so special is because when you were sick from yeah. school, <laughs> yes, when, that that was like the the best part. If you were sick, like it sucked. You were sick from school, but this, but being home by yourself and watching the Price is Right from ten to eleven was the Dude, best part of the this system. show. Yeah. Is synonymous with me. Watching this show on my uh, f- weird floral, like, 
felt couch that I, that my mom had with a pink huge bowl w- filled with puke, filled with just vomit, but still smiling. I can't I can't not like watch Prices Right with with Bob Barker. I will yes, say yes without thinking of the of the smell of puke. And it's not because of the show. It's just because that's it's just what it is for me. You're right. I, I'm just hoping that every. I, I was really hoping that that was everybody's. Because when else would you watch Prices Right? You yeah. would never watch it unless um, you stay no, at school. You were always at school, and like if you, when it was on. But yeah, like it is. It's synonymous with the idea of I had strep throat again. <laughs> I'm Damn staying it. home again. I've got freaking like I got the Ludens and the halls and all this yeah. stuff. And my my mom said she's gonna bring me McDonald's at lunch, yeah. so I'm pretty stoked about that. And and yeah, and you're just like. Oh, God. Now I don't want to watch stupid Nick Jr. (laughs) You're coming through. I'm kind of grown out of Blue's Clues a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't want to watch Face and freaking, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) You're just like trying to thumb through. And like I swear to God, it was always like it was always like the stories, the soaps and stuff. And well, then because afternoon television was not great. No, no. And it was like it was it was junk. And especially when the prices right ended, it that always it. it always went to like days of our lives. Yeah, it was They're a like, dark period. The showcase oh. showdown it when was that a, was over. It was a sad time. <laughs> oh. it, it was a dark like three to four hours until it was six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, know? it was it was it was dark from the moment he he told me to get my pet spayed or neutered. And I was, <laughs> and then I was like, I gave you something to think about. I know. It's like, is my dog spayed? I don't know. I don't know what that is. So, OK. <laughs> I'm too young. Well, if you're listening to this episode, we know you're thinking the same thing as us, and that's probably why you want to tune in. You want to hear us reminisce about this amazing show. So first, we're going to start you off with a little history. There's some things that I, you know, I don't think many people know, but it, it the Price is Right stands as the longest-running game show in U.S. history. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Price is Right, do you know when, do you know what year was started? Out there in, in podcast land, just throw a year out. What year was Price is Right started? And go. What do you guys? Nineteen fifty-eight. Yes. Had I not had I not read this, I would have said like eighties, probably. Yeah. But nineteen fifty-six is when the show started. Oh, God, it was close. Nineteen fifty-six is when it started, and it broadcast until nineteen sixty-five. It was essentially just the bidding section of the game show. Mm-hmm. You know that where there's the four contestants and they all make a bid on how much the thing cost. It was essentially that for the entire show. Whoever won got to return for the following week. So, yeah, and it was shown weekly. That version had the distinction of being the first TV game show to be broadcast in color, actually. Oh, wow. Um, After being a top 10 primetime show for some time, its ratings gradually but noticeably declined. And in 1965, it was canceled. In 1972, it was brought back and revamped into the version that we all know today, where they do the bidding portion first, just like the original game show. Then they move on to the pricing games and the final showcase showdown. I do kind of want to throw in uh, before you move on, like when when color came about. I remember, like, I mean, I don't remember because um, I wasn't even a fucking thought in my dad's ball sack yet. But wow, fair enough. Um, you can tell, like, the the distinction between black and white and uh, color, like, especially in TV, because it's just like black and white, and then fucking every single fucking <laughs> color you can imagine, <laughs> and every single yeah. fucking weird kind of you know, prismatic graphic, coloring yeah. of of craziness. Everything's yeah. kind of yeah. groovy, you know. Everything it's just like really fucking poppy. I'm pretty sure most colors were just multiple colors, just like changing constantly. I think anyways. I think it was like a specific. To a T kind of pink that maybe someone would suggest for a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And they're like, (laughs) put it in there. Let's do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, no, and so it was initially actually only a 30-minute episode when it first started in 1972, and then in 1975, it changed to the hour-long format, which we all know and enjoy. Really? It was an hour it was, long? It, it turned to an hour back in 1975, and that's what it's remained since... It's how been an hour. Long, it's really? been an hour well, since. You know, you've got all the all the Bengay and Metamucil commercials <laughs> that, that is very are true. peppered in. So that it's is very like forty true. minutes, but yeah, forty two minutes. Oh, <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> Just say it. That's what we're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years. <laughs> Metamucil. <laughs> so, and and that is actually also when the the wheel came into play that they started spinning, and right. it, and it had been going five days a week during the week ever since. Um, the except for the thirtieth anniversary special, which was taped at Harrah's in Las Vegas. The Price is Right has been taped at Studio 33 in CBS Television City in Los Angeles for the entire run. They are wow. now over 9,000 episodes of that show. Wow. Can, can, can someone, can one of you like run me and the audience down of like a, a, a specific, or not a specific episode, a, a episode in general? Like what happens, like the, the Price is Right that we, that we know and love today what happens? What's what's the step by step kind of thing? So the first is yeah. the bidding wars, okay. right. where where there are four contestants that get to bid on one particular product. Whoever comes the closest without going over gets to get up on stage and do one of the pricing games. Okay, right. and there are three of those. So so they'll have one person do a pricing game, then they'll go back to a bidding war, then another person bidding war, then another person to where there were three prize game players. Then those three prize game players spin the wheel. That's and whoever right. has the highest dollar amount on the wheel moves on to the showcase showdown. Then they start that whole thing they over rinse again. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat process. it so that they end up with two showcase showdown winners. Got you. Okay. And that is when they they bid on the best prizes. Yeah. The big boys. That's kind of how I remember it too. I, I was just like I I literally haven't seen the show. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to rewatch any episodes. Well, there's Fair nine thousand. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could find one. I bet one so eventually. Maybe one <laughs> at some point you can find one. <laughs> maybe like on YouTube, just like maybe just. Like even just like driving to the pharmacy, you could probably stumble upon an episode Maybe. somehow. You might <laughs> the, be able the to. pharmacy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, no specific. Well, Sean, I know you did a little research on your own. You um, you can't talk about the prices right without talking about the hosts. It's all about the hosts, man. And, and interestingly enough, there's been more than just Bob Barker for anybody out there. There have more. been I different mean, hosts. You guys, you guys might know about Drew Carey, but you might not know about Bill Colin. <laughs> Bill Colin. Bill. <laughs> Colon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bill Colon. Uh, he hasn't clean, had issues with his colon yet. Clean bill of health of my colon. Okay. <laughs> um, originally a radio and television, television personality whose career spanned five decades. His biggest claim to fame was being a game show host, hosting 23 shows, earning him the nickname Dean of Game Show Hosts. Uh, his first game show hosting duties were in the show Winner Takes All. I've I've seen that reference in like movies that I've watched here and there, but I've never like seen an episode or anything like that. Um, after landing the gig for Price is Right, he hosted both daytime and syndicated versions of the show that ran for nine seasons until it was canceled in 1965. Um, Colin was the first, or Colin was in the running to host the revamped 1972 version of the show, but the job was now too strenuous for Colin, who had been struggling with polio. Actually, for mm. I think I read that like. Um, he had been diagnosed with polio like in nineteen in the nineteen thirties, so he had been struggling Jeez. struggling with it for a long, long time. Uh, Bill uh, died at the age of uh, seventy. Seventy. I wrote seventy million. Bill died at the age of seventy uh, in nineteen ninety. 
Uh, and then it was Bob Barker's duty. Uh, after serving in World War II, Bob Barker moved to California to pursue a career in broadcasting because he, like, in high school and everything like that, he had been like uh, local college radios or co- uh, college, I guess, college radios and stuff like that uh, before he went to uh, the service. Um, moved to California to pursue a career in broadcasting. He hosted his own radio program affectionately called, guess what? The Bob Barker Show, hmm. which ran for six years. Uh, radio show, if you can imagine. Bob began his game show career hosting the show Truth or Consequences in 1956 and continued hosting duties until 1975. In 1972, for the new revamped version of The Price is Right, Bob Barker was a peak interest for hosting duties uh, by CBS. Instead of then, instead of then shot short-term host Dennis James he he so they it was kind of com- a complicated thing like Bob Barker did like the morning time yeah, there was a morning and a nighttime yeah there was like there. a morning and then like a syndicated time and then Dennis uh uh sorry uh Dennis where's his name Dennis James was the host of that show um Bob offered to host a different show called the Joker's Wild but CBS wanted him and so uh on September 4th 1972 Bob began hosting the now infamous show full-time, and they kind of got rid of Dennis James. On October 15th, 1987, Bob made the unprecedented decision at the time for hosts of to, uh, to go all-natural, ditching the faded dark hair dye for that luxurious silver fox head of hair, which was already natural for him at the time. So it's kind of unprecedented for, like, a game show host or, like, any host, like, I, I like Regis Philbin, yeah, yeah. to just, like, go natural gray. But uh, Bob Barber was like, fuck it, dude, this is... I'm the silver That's who box. I am. He's yeah. a pimp. Yeah. Um, Bob would go on, would go on to win 19 Emmys and five daytime Emmys. Um, 19. That's that's a lot. Out of a lifetime of broadcasting and hosting and everything like that, that's consecutive. You know, on Halloween of 2006, Bob made the announcement that he would retire from hosting duties on the beloved Price Is Right. And in June 2007, he would tape his final episode of the show. After his retirement, Barker made three return appearances in The Price is Right. His first appearance on the episode aired on uh, April 16, 2009 to promote his new autobiography, Priceless Memories. He appeared in the showcase round, and at the end of the show, Barker made another guest appearance on the show to celebrate his 90th birthday celebration, which aired on December 12, 2013. He announced... A contestant for he he was announced as a con, as a contestant for the first That's time awesome. ever on the show, along with one showcase. Barker's Bob latest, Barker, come on down. Exactly right. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, it was a surprise appearance on April first, two thousand fifteen, for an April Fool's Day kind of thing, where Drew uh, Drew Carey was actually kind of uh, he was at a bout of uh, pneumonia, and so uh, they had Bob Barker kind of guest in. Oh, cool. uh, For one episode, as he was kind of ailing from just kind of old age. Um, so, yeah, uh, after that, Drew Carey, along with uh, a stand-up career, acting career, and hosting career, Drew also had a similar past as Bob Barker, enlisting in the Marine Corps in 1980, serving for six years as a field operator, field radio operator, uh, which is uh, my, the job that my brother did in the Marines, and um, that's kind of like mostly frontline, kind of like getting cable from... Communications. Yeah, from one point to another. Kind of dangerous shit. Uh, began his comedy career in 1985. He appeared on the Johnny Carson show in 1991. Hey, what's up? And his performance was uh, impressed Carson so much that he invited Drew to couch 
next to his desk, which was a rare honor. That's a for big a deal for comedians, right? I guess, yeah. It was like a, I, I, like I, I was assuming it's like a guest spot. Like no, no. So from what, from what I understand is after your comedy routine, if Johnny thought you were great. He would invite you over to end the show with him, where they, oh, where okay. you talked a little bit more. Okay, like they kind of interviewed you. I get But you. it was not guaranteed. Only the good comedians of the they all talk about that. Like, I got to sit on Johnny's couch. Like yeah. Johnny asked me over on my debut thing. Like that's a wow. big deal. I mean, yeah, he he will that. I mean, Drew Carey of all people, yeah. you know, uh, that, that is another thing that we will touch on in these mini bites. I would assume is, is late night hosts one of one of these days. Oh yeah. Uh, Drew got his own show called affectionately the Drew Carey show, kind of like the Bob Barker show. Drew then took up his first hosting job as host of whose lines it anyway, which we all love yep. Ryan, uh, styles, you know, the Ryan mockery or, uh, uh, uh Colin mockery, Colin mockery, and, uh, Wayne, Wayne Brady. fucking Brady. Wayne Brady. <laughs> I mean, it's, it'll probably be an episode. Of it probably has show. to be, uh, in 2007, Drew did the pilot episode of a game show power of 10, which I've never heard of. CBS has seen, had seen the pilot and liked Drew after the retirement of Bob Barker, CBS offered Drew the hosting duties of Price. Uh, he initially, tur- initially turned the job down, but announced on David Letterman he would be the next host of Price is Right. His first taping began on August 15, 2007, and the episodes would start airing October 15th of that same year. And I believe are still going today. Yeah, they are. That's we're kind of going through the same thing with that. Like you, Bob Barker was such a pimp and such a <laughs> beloved person. Yeah. I mean, like first of all, what a lucky guy. Like what a career. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, like, kind of like with Alex Trebek, Trebek, right? Like yeah. you, it, you can't just replace these people, right? And that's what Drew said. He's like, when asked about it, he's like, "There's no replacing no. Bob Barker whatsoever. I'm just gonna do what I was hired to do, which is host a game show." Yeah. And and he and Drew now has completely stepped into that role yeah. and is is equally beloved. Where you know, like, we'll see if that happens on Jeopardy because yeah, sure, my guy. God, like that's those that's tough. It's a big deal, man. Like yeah. these these shows are fucking absolutely uh, uh, our our culture. It's it's in it's our blood. Like Price is Right is just like like we just said. We all we can think about is just being sick at home <laughs> from school and and watching these shows. And like Jeopardy is just like uh, it, there's nothing without yeah. him. There's and nothing had, without had they made the wrong choice back in two thousand six seven. The show ends. Yeah, it, this show it ends in a fiery crash. Yep. But you know they made the right choice. And well, and I know AJ. I know you were looking into like just some interesting tidbits and stuff for the for the show. So why don't you why don't you tell us about some of those? Yes, yes. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of fun, quirky facts. Like a show like this doesn't just exist for this long without just like, I mean, reaching into our lives like that, like like as kids and stuff. But the, I think there's just a lot of fun facts of, um, and you guys have covered some of them already, honestly. Um, but the process of getting chosen is kind of where I started with all this. And, and every single person that goes into that studio is like these lines start early in the day and there are people who like committed to being on this show there's lines there's to lines just be in the audience and and part of that process is like there's there's one guy uh who actually makes the choice of who's going to be on this show or potentially on this show and this guy walks the lines of of every single time there's an airing they air two shows or they 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 record two shows in a day hmm. three times a week um, and they're hour long episodes and for every single person that wants to be on this guy li- literally sees, it takes him about two hours. His name is, uh, Stan Blitz. 
and he walks through <laughs> and he vets these people and has short conversations with these people and looks for energy and like trying to like he wants people to match his energy. Yeah. That he wants excitable people. Wow. Um, and that's that's literally how he does it. He's looking for humor. He's looking for anything in these quick moments. So breaking down the wall, on. contrary to prior belief, you just not it's not a random. Picking. You don't they, just go they, into they this pick place. People on specific reasons. Yep. Hey, yep. what's up, Stan Blitz? <laughs> what is your favorite serial killer? <laughs> Blitz, Night Stalker. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, you're on the show. Hey, and that's that's literally like what they did. So um, so yeah, one guy, one guy ever since 1979. Talk has about it. Chosen. Job, dude. Yeah. The did you you guys know the game Plinko? Mm-hmm. Duh. There's only ten Plinko chips in existence. In the what? World. Seriously. In the world. In the world. And people are looking for these like Dragon Balls. Basi- basically, I think if you do collect them all, you get to make a wish to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's um, arguably the most popular game. Yeah. Right. Sure. Plinko. I mean, yep. I think so. Yeah. I always waited for Plinko. I always waited for Plinko. Yep. Um, but but there was a point where it felt like it dropped off for a while. Oh, I think they realize if it's if it's one of the more popular games, they're not yeah. going to do it every episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they want you to keep watching, right? Oh, yeah, man, that's a good call. Yeah. So the funny funny thing is, uh, speaking to that, when Drew Carey actually started, they actually made the games easier uh, in his initial episodes. Hmm. So that way, it was like a more positive experience. Sure. Oh. So so that way, like people didn't think. Oh, this Drew guy's pretty. Cool. Oh, he's giving away money. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, he also he also has he also has given away over uh, two hundred thousand dollars from his from his pocket. Where if you guess like the right price on the uh, bidding place, um, he gives that individual five hundred bucks. Yep. He's given away two hundred thousand dollars since he started doing this. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> Um, so th- one of the big things is, have you guys ever heard about like, the, uh, I actually knew a friend I actually had, he's for, he was from high school. He actually went on, he won a showcase showdown What? Yeah, from my high school. Really? Yeah. Um, he, he went on, I think he won like some dirt bikes or jet skis or something. He won a trip like, and there was something else. Uh, a camper. He's probably something really, <laughs> like or that. like a washer dryer yeah. set. You know, <laughs> a can of Campbell's soup. Yeah, yeah. An entire, an entire Tupperware set. <laughs> right. So charcoal grill. <laughs> it's a new charcoal grill. Wow. Thanks, Rod Roddy. Tell us what we want. Uh, <laughs> this is not fucking space shoes or <laughs> moon shoes. Moon shoes. <laughs> Hell of a lot better. Uh, so, so have you guys ever heard about like the, there's like some controversy when you, when you actually win on this show, mm-hmm. like winning, winning the showcase, but even winning like your, like your standard winnings. One person said, they, I feel like this is dramatic, but you basically sign your life away to collect your prizes. A little dramatic, but they said, um, only if you're avail- able to pay the taxes on everything you've won. So if you have like you know, car, dirt bike, guess the worst part of and everything. a trip, right? Yeah, you have to pay Uncle Sam's part. So so think about that. If you if you get what like twenty one thousand dollars in your showcase showdown plus your other prizes. Oh no! Then you have to immediately you, you have say to come it. up with I don't know what what's seven percent eight percent whatever it is out there. You have to pay all that. So it's like you know you have to pay you have to come up with like like twenty five hundred dollars in tax. To pay them 
man. So you can claim your prizes. So I'm assuming much like we broke down in Legends of the Hidden Temple that a lot of people probably go, <laughs> oh, I can't do that. And then they go, okay, you don't yeah. want a prize then. So so this lady <laughs> said she she in her first game, she won $1,200 in Plinko. It just got absorbed by the $2,500 in tax she had to pay anyways. What the fuck, man? I don't <laughs> like this anymore. I know. This is not fun. Why are we breaking these down? <laughs> that, <laughs> pulling what? the curtains and peeling it back. Okay. No, and to stay on that too, I also kind of read that like the non non car prizes, they had to like you couldn't even take it home with you. Like they mailed it to they you. They mail it to you. You don't take them with you right and, away. And cars, it's not like you. I pictured you got in that car and oh, you yeah. drove drive away you right off set. No, you do not. You had to go to like your local dealership yep. and they had to arrange that. To, to so you had local. to go through the bullshit of oh. buying a fucking car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The nightmare that that is. <laughs> I don't want it anymore. Oh my god, yeah. So you're saying you won this off a game show? <laughs> I don't understand. You realize I don't. I can't legally believe you. Right? Okay, now. I, I don't have any inclination to believe I, that I'm you're telling me. I'm gonna need truth. a signature from Bob Barker himself. <laughs> <laughs> Last few fun things, um, and we'll lead up to obviously the biggest one ever. Uh, but come on down. That was a statement. In case you out, still want to come on down to claim your fucking prizes, um, that was that was not something iconic. That was actually that that is a. An iconic saying right now Completely. for pop culture. Come on down. Everybody knows it. That was that was uh, started by the announcer, the boisterous announcer, Johnny Olson uh, in the 70s. Um, and then went on to Rod Roddy, who that was my announcer. You know, yeah, Rod Roddy, Rod Roddy, and down. fucking Stan Blitz, Tina did, Montgomery, come on did, down. Did Rod always have really crazy weird suits on, like yeah. red and yep. red colored suits? He got them from Thailand. Oh, okay, he, he did it specifically to uh, to keep up or outshine with with Bob Barker because he didn't have as much screen time. Obviously, so he had to just so be memorable. So when he did, he was boisterous and over the top, and wore these crazy suits that he what bought the? specifically silk suits from Thailand. So he's being the Elton John. Yeah. He's just like of. wearing crazy glasses yeah. and fucking like feathers all over the place. He's like, I have two minutes it. total of screen time. I got to absorb everything. We got yeah. to. Um, that microphone, that silly freaking microphone. Did you, you guys know what I'm talking about? He holds it like two fingers. That microphone is used for actually for a very specific reason. <laughs> what? It is, it is actually because it is a less intimidating <laughs> microphone to shove oh, in somebody's okay. face. I like that. When they went to somebody who's talking, I'm tapping out. Um, <laughs> it's too easy. You know, it's a lot longer and slender. It's a lot more appealing. You know, hey, all right, uh, hey. <laughs> to wave in somebody's face <laughs> rather than something that's you know, you know, big and thick and. So rather yeah. rather than like, oh, <laughs> tell me where you're from, and like, like kind of like cupping it, actually and sucking it, and no, 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 that's a really good point, you know, because like people always want to grab the microphone, where you can't really grab. Yeah, you see, you get, it's yeah, like, like with two your, fingers with your, with your tippy with your tippy. It's fingers. very true. Yeah, the tippy <laughs> fingers. God dang it! Um, I, I've got I've got a few more here. Okay, why don't people let's, sing? Let's work. Why don't they sing? Um, so there is actually, there's one person in the history of the show, uh, 2008, guessed the exact value of the showcase showdown. Did exact. you guys hear about this? Have well, you been able to read on no, this? No, I, I watched the, there's a documentary about it called Perfect Bid, the contestant who knew too much. Did you ever watch I that? I watched that. Yeah, yes. it was amazing. It was all about this dude yep. and the other guy. Yeah, he, he 
One of them, one of them was that person who, how many times did he tried to get onto the show? His name was Ted Slauson. Yes. And, and like Ted. Typical. Dude, Ted had like a total knack for numbers, right? Yes. Like, Cause you were, you were going to talk about Terry Neese Terry or whatever. Neese, did you have much on Ted Slauson at all? No, I don't have a lot on Ted, uh, on him. Dude. So Ted, Ted was just a total like numbers guy, right? He had mm-hmm. crazy memory. Um, like he, he, he knew that he worked best with things with visual cues okay, kind of a thing. So he bought a VCR and would like watch the shows. He would tape every episode, watch them over and over. And he would like take mental, mental snapshots of mm-hmm. things. And he realized they never, they never changed the prices of things. They would reuse the same prizes and they would be the same prices. So yeah. he, so he, just to break it down. He he bought like he was a massive fan of the, the episodes. Show. He so he would record them record on a VCR. This, uh, so Ted was back in like night in the late eighties, early nineties right. when Ted okay. got into this. Right. And for three straight years, um, he knew everything about every prize and what price it was. He and he spreadsheets. Yeah, and Just he had spreadsheets. He had like flashcards. And he went he went to more than twenty tapings of the show, but never got chosen really? to be on the show until nineteen ninety two. He actually was called on the show um and he did he like guessed everything exactly right like to get out of the the bidding round and then he guessed the prizes exactly right but he did not win the wheel like somebody outspun him on the wheel so he didn't get to go to the showcase wow and he continued to show up he he came they they say he came like uh more than 38 40 times yeah uh, over the rest of his of his time going there to so you're saying like this is an individual (laughs) This is an individual who straight up just like kind of, uh, what's his name? Something Payne in Ted Slauson. Oh, Howard Payne. Howard Payne in Speed. He just kind of like obsessed over this Completely. one thing and planned planned this entire thing out and and like had all these spreadsheets and had all these graphs probably like on his wall like fucking yeah, Charlie. Totally. Day. And every day that's all he did. In fact, in May 2002, he was there again. He did not get picked, but he was sitting next to a younger um, complete stranger named Brandon. They that's met right. in line. They met in line. Yes. And and Brandon got on the show, but Brandon knew from talking to Ted like, holy shit, this guy knows his stuff. So yeah, Brandon would turn around and look at Ted and Ted would mimic the numbers. Wow. Okay. And and he helped he helped him get get the exact prize at $1,554, like exactly on the money from the crowd because he knew exactly what it cost. Wow. It's just an insane person, which leads to Terry Nice. To Terry Nice, yes. Okay. And he basically is, is very much a similar thing. Totally. He, he, he researched, he, he, he knew all these things, he knew the prizes, um, and he literally would memorize the values. And so as it's written, um, was he, was he, sorry, was he like inspired by this guy? Did they he, didn't did know, know each about other. It no. They didn't know each other. Okay. No. He just kind of did He's the same. In fact, no guy. one even really knew who Ted Slauson was. This oh. was back in the nineties. Like the only people that knew about him were the people that ran the show. Sure. Cause they purposely were like, do like not fucking let, do boss not, pits and fucking, he, they're Vegas. like, do not let him. He's yeah, never going to yeah. be a contestant ever again. Cause there's also <laughs> a point. There's also a point where I, I believe I correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I think if you were actually on the show, one, you couldn't be back you on couldn't the show come back on, um, for a specific amount of time. You could come watch it, but yeah. they could, you couldn't, you weren't allowed to be a contestant again. Yes, exactly. And they, they end up changing. It's like being the, president for four years. And yeah. Then, and then like you, come back you couldn't come years. back for a, a certain amount of time. They ended up changing it to be a shorter amount of time, but it's a long, it's a yeah. decent amount of time. Oh yeah. Um, so, but yeah, then, then he went on and uh, uh, when Drew Carey was hosting, and he had chosen the exact bid 
for that. They actually stopped production. It was the showcase showdown. Showcase it was the showdown. ultimate. They just yep. like kind of said cut while they were they filming. Did. They, they literally did. did. So they stopped for 45 minutes to figure out if Nice was cheating. Because no wow. one no one had ever guessed the amount. And it was it was like twenty three thousand seven hundred and forty three dollars is yep. what he guessed. And it was and they knew right away like the producer was Looking at her cards, going, "What the fuck?" That's exact. How do you get that exact? He number? guessed that exact. So they, st- yeah, like AJ said, they completely stopped. Yep. They stopped to try to figure it out, um, and they, they unenthusiastically restarted production, and they started taping again. And Carrie unenthusiastically <laughs> continued his and resumed his duties for really? the rest of the show. So, like. They still didn't believe him. The, well, the kind of bottom line was like they didn't believe him, and, and they were just like, well, we have no th- nothing to prove you wrong. Basically. And so they kind of restarted anyway and just like, well, we got to name you the winner, I guess. I'm going to do my best uh, murder podcast uh, impersonation. Okay. Well, and here's where it gets really weird. Okay. <laughs> oh. Ted Slauson was sitting next to Terry and his wife in the crowd that day. Terry and his wife? We heard about them earlier, Yeah, Mike. can you believe that? Oh no, Ted Slauson was actually, Ted claims that he was telling Terry the, the exact prize number. Terry denies and says that he was smart enough to know that on his own. And they feuded over that. And wow. I actually believe, having watched the documentary, Ted Slauson has nothing to gain by, by being sure. like, dude, I told him I'm like the smartest guy in history of Price is Right. I told him that. But Terry seems a bit like a little weasel. Like, he doesn't come across that well. And he okay. said, he goes, oh, no, I, I guessed it because 743 is our wedding anniversary, July 43. And that's why I said that. And, like, everybody's that's, like, no, you didn't. That's the lottery, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody gets that lucky. Nobody gets that lucky. So that would that was, if you haven't seen that documentary, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of, it's a very interesting watch. Huh. It's called The Perfect Bid Contestant Who Knew Too Much. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Is that, a, like, on Netflix or anything? It, it was when I saw it. I, it's out there somewhere. Okay. I know. I think you can find it somewhere. Probably Prime somewhere yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, last couple, uh, Aaron Paul. Um, yeah. Is a actor, cont- Aaron actor, Paul? Yeah. Uh, 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 Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Uh, was a contestant on the show before legit, he was famous. Before he was famous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yep, seen, before he was painted. I've seen the memes. Yeah, I've seen them. Didn't he win? Probably. Didn't he win too? He lost at the showcase showdown. Oh, okay, yeah, but he, he did go to the showcase showdown, <laughs> but he good. lost the showcase showdown. Um, Actors. I had to throw this one in there before I get to the last big thing. There was an unintentional gaffe winning for a woman who had oh, no yeah. legs. I think I is this Drew Carey era. Uh, this what yes, yes, it was. <laughs> this woman with, with no legs won a treadmill. <laughs> oh, no. Don't. <laughs> they didn't mean to do it on of purpose. It was it. the next thing that was up to win. Uh, yeah, yeah. And no. this is what happened. <laughs> no, shut up. Yes, this is what happened. A- AJ. I can't make this up. You're man. making this up. I wish I could. You're being a dickhead <laughs> right now, right? No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Oh, I'm not. I swear to God, oh, I'm not. Oh, no. And so, yeah, that's a thing that oh, happened. No. Um. <laughs> They had to edit around it a little bit, like to make it not so completely out. Yeah. (laughs) What they do, just shoot her from the chest up. I don't know. Uh, They're like, you can put it on there and reel too. Damn it. Michael. Uh, You're on fire. I'm fired. On fire from hell. I'm fired. Damn it. Uh, Let's see. 
All right. Uh, Bob Barker was actually a, a, a renowned, uh, he's a vegetarian and a huge animal rights activist. Of course Which is was. actually why he, it was a personal thing for him to have your pet spayed and neutered. That, that wasn't, that like wasn't a, a show thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Carrie a show carried thing. that on as well. And that was, yeah, that was his own personal belief system. Last but not least, guys, we would be remiss. <laughs> yes. If we didn't talk about Bob Barker. That the price is wrong, Bob. bitch. <laughs> Without his wonderful appearance in Happy Gilmore. That's amazing. So was that after he had already retired? When was Happy Gilmore? No, this was this was he well. Was still, he, he was still in the show. Two thousand seven was yeah. was when he retired, and so like Happy Gilmore is probably like ninety yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, I gotta I gotta imagine. Did you guys at, at any point just like every time you were watching it, just hope that he was gonna make some sort of mention of being on Happy the Happy Gilmore? Absolutely. Yeah. I always thought he was going to make mention of it, but he never does, of course. So, fun facts about this. Bob Barker was not his first choice. It was not the first for, choice. For Happy Gilmore? For Happy Gilmore to have this role, this Which, celebrity role. Pay attention to this information because we will cover Happy Gilmore one of these days. Oh, Absolutely. God, yeah. So, uh, the first person, his, their first um, uh, get, uh, want for this, uh, for the casting, was actually Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson's sidekick. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And so, and the the funny thing is, is Sandler literally said he was like, I was so cocky. I thought I was such big shit that I thought, oh, it's going to be good for Ed McMahon to come onto my movie and get into a fist fight. It'll be good for him. Ed McMahon declined. (laughs) He's like, nope, not doing that. You're a piece of shit. Um, And they, they asked for, then they found out, uh, they, they talked around and they found Bob Barker and Bob Barker. Uh, it was going to be that he was going to lose the fight, but Bob Barker said he would only do it if he won yes. the fight. Which got, I mean, like, <laughs> hearing that, like, as, like, a writer or, like, a, yeah. a, a content creator. Okay, like, we are, guys. Come yes, on. Yeah. yes. It's got to be, like, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it's so good. I need yeah. to lose to Bob Barker. Yeah. Yes. I would rather lose to yes, Bob Barker than so beat Bob Barker that's up. That's way funnier. <laughs> The price the is wrong, bitch. bitch. <laughs> and so, and and that was the thing is it was it was written um, uh, by comedic director Judd Apatow mm. that the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and then uh, it was it was obviously stamped with Barker's renowned uh, reply of calling Happy Gilmore a bitch when he walks away. <laughs> the best part of this is that he was so eager to film this fight scene. Wow. That he was going to train for the combat with his next door neighbor. <laughs> what? His next door neighbor. What are you talking about, man? Chuck Norris. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Chuck Norris was his next door neighbor that he trained every night for the fight. He helps me with my punches and my kicks. Uh, and I told him I have to win the fight. I love Bob Barker. Is that? Boom. <laughs> how can. What? Hey, he trained for a fight you, with Adam Sandler with Chuck Norris. Do you His picture next door neighbor? Do you picture Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Like that's um, that's how I picture them yes. living together. Oh my god! Totally, <laughs> totally. Imagine your next door neighbor being the person who. Makes the world go around. Yeah. Chuck Norris. Chuck like, literally spins it on his shoulders yeah. every night before the, he goes to bed. Imagine living next to the person when he jumps in water, he doesn't get wet. Water gets Chuck Norris. We yeah, could right. go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Chuck Norris doesn't doesn't just teabag the ladies. He potato sacks them. Okay. <laughs> this is the, the man you're, that trained. You're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> you are terribly disgusted. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like 
the parties that they had. Oh, good lord! Chuck Norris and Bob oh, Barker man. living next door, just be like, "Hey, I'm having a, I'm having a little get together." It's like, the, what what kind of um, like cocktails do they drink? I'm, I'm the assuming best. just scotch. Yeah, like like vats of scotch. Scotch sweated from Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Barker was such a ladies' man too. Like yeah, he, every every old lady that came on that show, like. To give him a kiss on the cheek or to hug him was like their lifelong dream. They like, loved like, Bob, Barker. and he acted like he didn't. He like he didn't care. <laughs> like was like smitten by it. You know, or was like oh, get them off the show. He's like he liked it. But contact with Bob Barker is like some fountain of youth theory. I swear to God, of just like listen, it's hard to get hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get hard. Okay. <laughs> All right. A couple more, couple more tidbits before we get out Please. of here. Do you know how many? Uh, do you know how many games they they have had on the show? No, because they recirculate them, right? So yeah. they they put a lot of work into this set, and they're like, "Here's what the game looks like." So it was it's like in the '40s. So it was like the the showcase showdown at the end for sure. The prizing games, and then, like, like those. What, are, what was the first one? So, so, so those are like the bidding games. The bidding then they games. call them the yeah. prizing. And the silver monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and then the aggro crag. Right. No, right. they they had more than seventy games. Seventy games. More than wow. seventy, and obviously Plinko being the favorite. Uh, the other one being cliffhangers. That was the yodeler. Remember the yes. yodel? Yes. Lo, 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 lo. Like that's a pretty funny one. Yep. Um, what? Yeah, you don't what? remember that one? You no. don't remember that? What? You have to bid, and like if you bid too much, like he he keeps yeah. however much you go over, he keeps <laughs> climbing. <laughs> I don't know. And did you do you remember specific games other than that? Because I have one that I remembered specifically. It was the dice, dice game. game. You're not moving yeah. on. Yeah. Okay, you don't. Yeah. There's a yodeler. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. No, so no, it's just I like a sound. It's like an audio. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck are you talking? About? Well, and again, these very, very popular games. They said they would only appear like once every two or three weeks. Okay. To yeah. make the anticipation. Wow. So All right. you may have never seen it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, in fact, right now in the background, you're gonna hear the noise that happens during cliffhanger. Okay. Can you hear it? I, I can. <laughs> wow. I can't. I don't remember that. Nope. Don't like, remember that. <laughs> Well, yeah, dice game dice was always game. super cool because that was always a car. Oh, yeah, that yeah. It was always yeah. a car. Yes. And you had to roll the dice. There was also a putting game, like where you actually got to mini golf <laughs> yes. putt. Uh, I did read, too, that the show keeps anywhere from 37 to 45 vehicles on the studio lot at any given time. New cars. Oh, brand new fucking Brand cars. new cars because the inventory would rotate every week. They wouldn't give away the same car. Sure. Yeah. They would just, every show, there'd be a new car. You think it'd be just like kind of a bidding war between like Ford and... Probably. Yeah. I would imagine. It's kind of a racket. They go, give us some cars for free. We'll advertise for you. Yeah. But then they go, some poor schmuck's not going to be able to pay the taxes on this car. <laughs> Well, I mean, they had <laughs> Nancy everything from Phoenix isn't going to be sucks. Able to this. They had everything. I swear to God, like I was always nervous. I always thought like if I got on there, I, I, would, I would always want to do the car. But then you're like, they had such a wide variety of cars. They'd be like, yeah, we're going to do a Ferrari 438 <laughs> giveaway and a new car. It's and then it's like, car. And like the next one is like, oh, you're going to get a new car. And it's like a Chevy Cobalt, like <laughs> LS, like, 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 <laughs> like, like physically the shot like cuts in there like, yeah, I know they're like, like you can you can see like uh-huh, trying to be uh-huh, excited like, okay, okay, I'm okay. on camera right now. Right. I guess I could sell it later. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. yeah, we're <laughs> the same equivalent of a Legends of the Hidden Temple kid. Like you, you yeah, want oh, yeah. moon shoes? Oh god, you get to go to Orlando, Florida, <laughs> and you already I'm live there from Orlando. Again, I just kind of want to talk about like like personal uh, 
like how you watched it. I know we kind of touched in the beginning of like mostly like a kind of a sick show, you know. Um, personally, though, I in, in middle school that we had uh, a program where like they took a group of us in weirdly German class <laughs> or like foreign language class, which I'd never learned anything from. But <laughs> Spregenzi Deutsch, I don't know. <laughs> we in that class, like we were signed. Uh, 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 fu- uh, not a funeral. <laughs> 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 it was a pre. It was a pre-funeral home. Uh, uh, d- uh an old, an old person yeah. home. <laughs> pre, pre-funeral. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Oh, okay. What, and he was mad at us. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, all right. We're having a good time. Um, <laughs> retirement home. Retirement home. There, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> pre-funeral. <laughs> This is bad. I think we just got canceled. <laughs> Retirement home. Oh. We would be assigned like a, a person. <laughs> we like there was there was a group of us. And it was like a, like they would pair us off into pairs, and and we would be assigned a person to just like go and like kind of reinvigorate their lives. <laughs> Give them something to live their next four Us days. Middle this, is getting, this is getting oddly close to prostitution. <laughs> in in the like lobby area, it would always because it would be like nine thirty, ten o'clock. Totally, you know, yeah. like when when the show was on. Yeah, uh, it there would be prices right, and so like we would be waiting for them to like come back from getting their ass wiped. I don't know. And <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> come on, guys, <laughs> come on, go along with it. Uh, and we'd be like, watch the prices right, but it'd be like an hour. And we'd be like, this is sick as fuck. Like they're, they're about to get that fucking Ferrari. <laughs> and then we'd go into the, the guys well, or girls, um, kind of dorm. <laughs> Back from recess, they'd go into their dorm room. <laughs> so, so we go into their room, and one of the guys is like a huge fan of John Wayne, and like heartbreakingly, like his VHSs wouldn't work, and so he'd be like, "I guess we're just gonna watch Prices Right still." And we're like, "Great!" And he gave us—I don't, I don't remember his name. I want to say it was Earl. <laughs> He gave me and my partner naming them. <laughs> <laughs> gave me and my partner pocket knives. And we were like strip searched before we got out of the thing for some reason. <laughs> and they took our pocket knives from oh it. And I just want to say, Earl, I enjoyed our time together and I really enjoyed enjoying Prices Right with you. And I hope you are in a better place right now. And I love you. I can't believe it took that long to get this. <laughs> What, what's the moral of that story? <laughs> That's how I watched Price is Right. Most of the so, so what we've gathered is that the only time Sean has ever watched Price is Right is puking or in some old person's dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> After getting a pocket knife. I, I think I can't believe I said that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's a better way to end this episode. That's it. That's it. We, uh, you know how I watched it, man. Dude, you, you know I love the show. Okay. Yep. Oh. Holy shit. Well, uh, I'm sorry, everybody. 
<laughs> so sorry. Oh my God. Uh, much like uh, the yodeler on, on cliffhanger, we've gone off the cliff. We've gone, <laughs> gone over. So we're, we're going to end it. That's it for today's mini bites episode. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you tune in next week as we get back to movie reviews. Thank God. And we're going to talk about one of the best martial arts movies of all time. Chuck, speaking of Chuck Norris. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Three ninjas. Oh, it's going to be great. And hopefully I'll stop crying by then. <laughs> so I say, I think we're going to bid you adieu. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. The, 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 the pocket knives had toothpicks in them. <laughs> Classic toothpicks. We get it. It was great. <laughs> they were high end. <laughs>